I'm not here saying everyone should go volunteer in the earthquake zone. Not everybody should and not everybody can. I just think what's important is slowing down and digging into who you were made to be and the values that you have. You know, and it comes from your history. It comes from your culture. It can come from religion. It can come from your life experiences. And sometimes it can come through, you know, the areas in life in which we've suffered and maybe traumas that we've been through or or difficult seasons in life that we've been through. All of these create our values. Hello. Hello, hello, Becky. So glad to welcome you here today on Business Clarity. So could you introduce what you do and tell a bit about yourself to our listeners today? Hi, Micah. It's a pleasure to finally make it onto the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's an honor. Um, Yeah, my name is Becky. I'm from the UK. I'm living in Istanbul at the moment, which is how I came across Micah. And I'm a copywriter, mainly for coaches and online business owners. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And you are a mom of three? Yes. Yes. <laughs> three <That's> boys. <laughs> How is it uh, building a business while being a mom and juggling many roles at the same time? Yeah, I mean, it's not easy. It's fun. I really am very early on into that sort of new season where I can focus on my business full time. My youngest has just turned three. So really, it's only been since September that he has been in full-time preschool. So Mm. yeah, it's it's a new season for me, a new adventure for sure. Yes, I'm so honored to be on that journey with you. The reason I wanted to invite you on this podcast is because a few months ago, I saw you posting on Instagram how a big disaster happened in Turkey, as everybody knows, and I saw you... Really take your courage and go to Hatay to provide disaster relief and support. And it's really inspired me and touched me. And I really wanted to learn more about what you did there, how you decided to go there and Mm. maybe borrow some of your courage, really. And I'm sure our listeners also will be inspired to hear your story about this. Could you share about this? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Micah. I mean, I will start by saying that I actually feel very lucky that I have people in my community and friends that were already involved in the earthquake relief work, actually six days after the quakes hit southern eastern Turkey and Syria. So I will say that I think that played a really big role, that people in my community were the ones already going. And so really all I did was join in with something that was already happening and respond to an invitation and to a call. Yeah. And you had your children, you were also running your business. Did you ever hesitate or how did you decide to pack and go? Yeah. I mean, to be very honest, some of my closest friends who are from Turkey were saying, Becky, are you sure it's a good idea? Are you prepared for the things that you might see? Maybe you shouldn't go because, you know, you've got to come back and parent. And I took those comments to heart. I had to really think about it and talk to my family. I even even talked to my kids about it. And my friend who was organizing the camp on the ground, she said, you know, what's happened is horrific. But once you're there and you are meeting people who have lived through the earthquake and you're knowing them by name and you're hugging them and you're talking to them and you're meeting their kids, she said, everything changes. And that's what I found to be true. 
And I also went with a close friend, which made a really big difference. We had the journey there together. We flew into Adana and then had a two-hour drive into the impacted area. And so we were able to support each other and process that together, which really made a real difference. You know, I wasn't going on my own. And by the time we arrived, some of the horrors of the initial aftermath, you know, had, had been cleared away. By the time we arrived, there were diggers and excavators leveling the land and you know while it was shocking because I'm not somebody with special training or relief education or anything like that I'm not from an NGO I'm 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 honestly nothing special I'm just like you Mike or any of our listeners out there I just gave the time and so yeah with my business I just put on that automated reply and and I will say as well that a friend came and helped my husband with the kids you know with the school runs in the morning and stuff so really it does take a village if you're going to do something like that as a business owner and as, as a mom. It's not something that I did on my own. You know, I really saw people come together and support to release me to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so mm-hmm. going through this experience, how did you live through this experience of being there away from your family and being on the field? It was shocking when we arrived. It was quite sobering. We arrived in the dark, actually, so driving through. I mean, my my friend who I was with likened it to a scene from Universal Studios. I've not been, but she said that's what it looked like. You know, silhouettes of wires sticking out the ground and crumbled buildings. And it was shocking. I think what made it such a beautiful experience amongst the pain were the people that we were volunteering with. So we met beautiful people from around the world that had come to serve. But also, like I mentioned before, the people from Hatai, their spirits were still shining despite everything that they'd endured and, and meeting those people. I have to say, I didn't miss my family that much because it was so busy, like an intense mm-hmm. atmosphere. You're working from seven in the morning till seven in the evening, serving food, washing dishes, distributing to families, distributing water. Mm-hmm. And then there were groups of people that went off and, and set up Baraka, kind of those Mm -hmm. corrugated iron containers for families. Mm -hmm. So you're too busy to (laughs) really miss anybody. And yeah, it was intense, long days. There definitely was a moment where I felt I had really absorbed the grief of the people. Like, we're all energy, aren't we? And I just remember one night I felt very ill and I ran out of my tent and I just cried and cried and cried. And Mm. I think I just had been really impacted by the energetics and the sadness and the grief and the body and and the spirit are connected, aren't they? And so for me, crying was a way of releasing that in a really healthy way. And then my friend had a panic attack in the night and, you know, just having to be next to her and helping her breathe through that. But you know what, Micah, those were just two small incidents over the space of five days that lasted five minutes. The majority of the time there, it felt really good to be helping. It felt, Mm -hmm. you know... Yeah, it felt like I was where I was supposed to be. And so what was really important for you about being there? It was very important to me because one of my values is to love your neighbor as yourself. And Turkey is my host country. I have many dear Turkish friends and it could have been us, you know, Micah. We all know that Turkey has got a lot of ley lines and seeing that there's no difference between the people in Hatay and and me and my friends in Istanbul and coming to their side and just coming to be alongside them because I know if the shoe was on the other foot that they would have done the same for me and just doing what I could, you know. Mm -hmm. It was only five days. I got to come home at the end of those five days, even though I'll be returning. And as I was 
packing up to go home and it was very emotional leaving the camp just thinking for these people this is their future for us for the, this is a foreseeable future for them mm-hmm. there is no end in sight of living in a tent living amongst rubble yeah that was a lot that was very impactful you know that yeah. moment of leaving I'm leaving back home but for them that is home um so that's, yeah mm. sobering so, yeah so how do you think this experience impacted you as a person as a business owner also I think this experience taught me and just reinforced really that, that we are whole beings as humans we are whole beings and our businesses and our work is an important element of who we are but it's not just that is it you know it's just mm-hmm. one part of who we are and all of us have things that we believe in and values and things that we're called to be involved in during mm-hmm. our time on the earth and i just knew that that was part of my story was mm-hmm. to be there this year and in fact i think that 2023 and 2024 you know on the long term i think mm-hmm. hatai will be part of my story and I will be involved long term doing what I can from here. Um, you will uh, return soon. Yeah. Right? You will go back there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going this week again, this Thursday evening. I'll be going for eight days. It's not just me. There are so many amazing people, both Turks and foreigners and people from abroad that are going to this. I mean, there's hundreds of amazing camps doing relief in the affected area. But from what I know from this particular relief camp, there are teams of people going every week and so just to play a small part of that um is a real honor and be hosting a team from the UK that are coming from for a week and mm-hmm. helping with the cultural adaptation and the translating for them as well um so yeah starting to get packed and ready to go right so you this time around what is the plan of the field work of providing this support well this time around it's a bit longer so i think last time i was there for five days this will be seven days so it's a bit it's longer i think now we're now half a year well be five months past the devastation of the earthquakes and it's heating up the weather is getting hotter you know they're seeing 30 odd degrees in the day and the biggest challenge is water and from what i've heard people's understandably moods are a lot more frayed i can't imagine living with that anxiety of like am i going to get enough water for my family today that's really mm-hmm. tough at the same time my as a couple who were engaged a couple from hatai a young couple who were engaged when the earthquake hit and planning their wedding and so they've decided with the sort of leaders of the camp to throw this couple a wedding next weekend so mm-hmm. we're going to be doing that so even amongst amongst the devastation amongst the pain there are these moments of life continuing that we really can celebrate and so looking forward to a turkish wedding next weekend that's beautiful so becky i know that values are very important in how you envision your business and life and i know you wrote a blog post about value why are values important to you could you share a little bit about that yeah sure i really only came to realize how important my values were to me i think at the beginning of this year i mean they've always been important to me but really deciding to go all in to build my business at the beginning of 2023 and then the earthquake happening was really a wake up call to me because mm-hmm. to be honest my career i've always been a bit of a jack of all trades and by mm-hmm. that i mean i like doing a bit of this and i like doing a bit of that and i like i feel like there's a quite a few career paths that i could have uh, gone down in my life and mm-hmm. that used to be frustrating to me but i've come to realize that that's just how i've been created that's just my makeup 
you know and I think that's true for a lot of us um, yes we yeah so we have these segments of our lives don't we as partners as business owners as friends we have our, our passions whether it's sport or our hobbies or travel or, or whatever and then we have our values and maybe I don't know people might listen to this and think oh, I don't have any values but I think when we really dig under the surface into what's really important to us and I once heard a coach say if you're not sure what's important to you look at your bank statement <laughs> look at like where one sign can be like where's your money going yeah but for me deciding to base Becky the copywriter my business around me and my values has meant that maybe my progress has been slower for 2023 mm -hmm. um but it's definitely been full of a lot more meaning and it's made me happy <laughs> and it's made me fulfilled yeah And I think today I even saw a reel from a business coach that impacted me on Instagram just yesterday. She said, you know, people can shout about the money they're making, the high ticket mm -hmm. option and the thousands of dollars and the six figure, mm -hmm. whatever. But I think now more and more people are not just looking for, certainly if I'm not just looking for profit driven results. We're wanting impact driven results. We want to know that we're making a difference and we're fulfilling our values through our business, through our lives, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember in the blog interview, you shared a Steve Jobs quote, the only way to do great work is to love what you do, right? Yeah. Mm, I love yeah. that. Yeah, I love that. The only way to do great works is to love what you do. And I think that's twofold, Mike. I think, you know, first, it means that you'll be happier and you'll be more fulfilled. So it's a win for you. But I also think it's a win for your business because people are drawn to authenticity, right? You know, they yes. don't want cookie cutter versions of coaches or copywriters of whatever. People are drawn to authenticity. They don't want fake. They want you. And I've been encouraged to just, yeah, show up as me a little bit more. And I hope I can encourage <laughs> our listeners to do the same, you know, dig into what's really important to you. And yeah, there's only one of you in the world. So show up as yourself. Yeah. Yes, that's so true. And I love that about you is that I can really feel your energy and your personality through everything that you create. Aww. Yes. And so I believe that volunteering and uh, faith is also part of your values, right? Like a volunteer, yes. I would say community. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Community, loving your neighbor as yourself you know, treating others how you would want them to treat you. Um, and also, I was thinking about this earlier, the Enneagram, you know, that personality sort of test. Some people hate it, some people love it. But for me, I'm a mixture of a seven and a two. And the two is about helping others, you know. And so mm -hmm. that's just part of, ha of my makeup. And it might not be everyone's. I'm not here saying everyone should go volunteer in the earthquake zone. Not everybody should and not everybody can. I just think what's important is slowing down and digging into who you were made to be and the values that you have, you know, and it comes from your history. It comes from your culture. It can come from religion. It can come from your life experiences. And sometimes it can come through the areas in life in which we've suffered and maybe traumas that we've been through or, or difficult seasons in life that we've been through. All of these create our values. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, for our listeners around the world, and we will face a time when there will be disaster happen somewhere close to us or in our life, crisis happen. Yeah. And I want to ask you is, 
what advice or advice or insight could you share really to help someone maybe who is feeling guilty of not doing something to help? Maybe they want to support, they want to do something, but they just don't know how, what might be some ways for them to get unstuck and get out of this guilt? Yeah, survivor's guilt, that's a real thing. I mean, first of all, when we face a crisis, even if it doesn't directly impact us, there is something called secondhand trauma. And so anyone who lives in Turkey or in Istanbul, which is miles away from the actual earthquake, you'll remember feeling just the shock. You know, the scenes that we're seeing on the news are were so horrific. And living in Istanbul, this city is a hub for people that have come from other cities around Turkey in the southeast. And so it was impossible not to know someone affected. And that also can be really fatiguing because what do I say? How do I help? And like you said, Michael, we can end up feeling so stuck. So my advice would just be to, first of all, give yourself the space to process, give yourself the space to grieve and to be kind to yourself. I'm sure you were the same, Micah, at least for the first two, three weeks after the earthquake, I couldn't do anything. I pressed pause on all my clients and all of my work and just had to really slow down. And also don't be ashamed of getting support from somebody who is outside of your particular crisis, whether that's a friend, you know, I spoke to, I've got a mentor in the UK. She's actually the same lady that's coming out this week. She's a dear friend from back in the day. I think people that you have a history with that are friends from Mm -hmm. years gone by can can be a really good support, particularly if they're kind of from the outside looking in, just to let you process and let you vent or say how you're feeling, or it could be a therapist. You know, it could be getting that professional support, depending on what it is that you've gone through, you know, have compassion for yourself, give yourself space and know that there's not a a have to, there's not a pressure. Like I really believe when we are called to help, it should be because we want to, not because we feel pressured to or that we have to, you know, and, and for me, I'm a spiritual person. I prayed maybe for you, it's asking the universe or writing in your journal, give me the right opportunity to help. And it might be the smallest thing. Everyone is called to different things. It might be giving, it might be supporting someone else who is doing more of a frontline job. Like I said before, I couldn't have gone and done my five days without my friends and family and my community supporting me. And so maybe for you, you'll be called to be that village for someone else to go and take the action. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that and really to lend us this courage and also kindness to ourselves to not be too hard on ourselves Mm -hmm. and to recognize Mm -hmm. where we can help and how we can help in an intentional way. I'd love to ask you, because this is also about resilience, why is resilience important to you and what is resilience to you? Yeah, that's such a great question. You know, I've just been writing a blog for a family therapist around building resilience in children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she talks about resilience isn't something that we all just have automatically. It's something we have to nurture, you know, and resilience means being able to bounce back from crises and stress in a healthy way. And it's something that we can nurture in ourselves. And so as a business owner, yeah, I think resilience is knowing that pressing pause isn't the worst thing in the world. I can tend to be someone who feels like they're going crazy if they're not moving forward all the time. Mm. <laughs> but <laughs> as we've talked about before, Michael, on a coaching call, but actually being okay with pressing pause, being, o- o- being okay with standing still for a season. And that comes with practice. 
And then I guess in the short term, maybe it's building in strategies that can help you in moments of crisis or storm or trauma or stress. And that might not be a big worldwide natural disaster. It might be a personal thing that's going on in your life or in your family, in your finances, in your business. You know, life is full of little stressful things too, right? And and so taking the moment to (laughs) practice breathing, you know, there's breathing techniques that helped me when I was in Hatai and when I gave birth, funnily enough, <laughs> anyone that's had a baby will know, like breathing deep breaths to get rid of dopamine and to reduce adrenaline and to get the downstairs brain. No, sorry, the upstairs part of the brain. I might have got that wrong. I'm not a psychotherapist <laughs> to calm down and to, you know, be able <laughs> to be able to think rationally in, in moments of stress. But yeah, for me, resilience means being able to bounce back in my business and being able to keep going. Yeah. I love that you said that resilience is not something inherent. It's something that we cultivate. It's also Mm. the practice of staying, standing still and being okay with that. That's so important to remember that, of course. As we wrap up, I would love to ask, you know, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners today about building a business through crisis, through life, through also the small stressful happenings as you say yeah I mean this is going to sound so cliche but I just want to remind us all that it really is about the journey we are bombarded by messages from a destination driven culture all the time you know when we've earned the money when we look like this when I've got the house when I've got the bank balance when my family when I've got the partner and it's actually if we can learn to be free and learn to feel joy along the journey as well as when we get there, just imagine how much freer and more happy and fulfilled that we could we could feel. And so, yeah, it's very cliche, Micah, but it really is all about the journey, um, yes. and being okay in the uncomfortable moments, yeah, and accepting that it's just part and parcel of the journey. And, yes, I um, love that. Yeah, I would just encourage, mm-hmm. yeah, encourage everyone to show up as themselves don't try and be anyone else just be you because there's only one of you (laughs) yes but you know it's true that this is also my my message is that it's not about being result driven and the result is a byproduct yeah of us focusing on the journey on the moment to moment awareness and uh, being experience driven and Mm -hmm. having a more of a craftsman approach mastery approach rather than a performance yeah I love that. I love that. (laughs) And for our listeners today, how can they follow what you do? And also, how can you help them as a, I guess you're a copywriter, but as a, also maybe if they have questions about how they can, you know, volunteer, could you tell us really, how can we continue this conversation? Yes, I would love to. Thank you so much. So probably the best way is to follow me on Instagram, which is Mm -hmm. at Becky, the copywriter. I'll try and do some updates from Hatai on there. And there's links to my website and everything on there as well. Follow me, message me, say hi, I'd love to connect. And in terms of how I can help, if you're listening and you are building a brand online, you're an online entrepreneur or you're a coach or a therapist, I would love to help. So I write optimized LinkedIn profiles that, you know, really clearly tell the world who you are, why you're special, why people should work with you. And I also write sales pages for your offerings, that really conversion copy that convince people how working with you will make their lives better. 
And I'm also available for ongoing copy work. So on retainer, so things like blogs and social media captions. And, you know, I'm really passionate about getting alongside my clients and and capturing their unique voice and writing in their unique voice to see them Mm. succeed and reach their potential. So yeah. yeah. Becky, by the way, rewrote my LinkedIn about, and it's like the day and night. (laughs) So (laughs) I really recommend, you know, to to reach out to her to revamp your socials or your website, because really she captured In one conversation, she just captured my essence, my thought process, my language. So, yeah. Thank you, Becky. (laughs) Thank Thank you you so much. Thanks for your kind words, Micah, and thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye for now. And uh, thanks so much for for joining today. (laughs) Bye. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Speak soon. Speak soon.